This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Bored of too many ads and dull, meaningless chat? We've got neither. Joy Drive. Smart, fun radio. We've all heard the expression that we need to incorporate five fruit and veggie in our daily diet. I'm laughing because I start off with all those best intentions every single week and I go and do my shopping and then I get the fruit and veg home and it's not as fresh as what I think it is. And you bite into that apple and you think, no, I'm not going to eat it. And so I end up not having my five fruit and veggie, which is such a disappointment. Well, our next guest hypes his fruit and veg knowledge on social media in one of his 50 fruit pattern shirts. And while his Instagram has started to explode over the past few years, he's been in the fruit industry his whole life. He's a former national supply manager for one of the large supermarket chains and has appeared on as the ABC's unofficial fruit correspondent. He's also known as the fruit nerd and has just bought out an informative book called Don't Buy Fruit and veg without me. Tan Truong, welcome to Joy Drive. Thanks, Warren. And I do hope that my book will get you to that five <laughs> fruit and veg a day. <laughs> I need you to come shopping. I really do. I like the idea of don't buy fruit and veg without me because it's so hard and you go into the supermarkets and you don't know what's fresh, how long it's been sitting there or, or what's going on with it. You know, you're so right. And I think it's one of the injustices to our education system. I mean, we learn maths, we learn physics, we learn mm. you know history and geography, all these important subjects. But every day we have to eat. Every day we need to go forage, find the food that will nourish us, that will give us energy, that will keep us healthy. Um, but we're not trained to do that. And so, you know, being a fruiter myself when I was a kid, I really didn't appreciate the life that I had. You know, my, my parents were fruiterers. I came home, had really good food, really good fruit and veg. And then as I grew older and then moved out, I realized that all the skills that I had learned when I was younger and also being in the trade, I really needed this to communicate these messages to, you know, everybody so that we all can choose produce that doesn't go off in a few days, select the best tasting produce, and then find the easy ways to make it not troublesome to actually break them down, like a pomegranate, for instance. Mm -hmm. I love a pomegranate. But, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to open and then, that you know, people have blood all over the chopping board and, no, not blood, you know what I mean, blood stains rather, and it's a Dexter scene, and, and it's taken them like 10 minutes to open a pomegranate, so it kind of spoils that joy of biting into it? those red tangy jewels. Or you lose half the fruit in the, in the frustration. Of That's right. <laughs> exactly. Were you when... So, you know, all these... Yep, go on. So, sorry, no, continue. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, my... My calling as a fruiterer is to give people the experience that I had when I was younger mm -hmm. and that I always hoped to have when I went to a fruiterer, a fruit market, and they would give me that great advice. And so I went out to seek this. And as a second generation fruiterer, I had that privilege to ask the experts in the field. But, you know, in today's age, you know, most fruit and veg is commoditized. It's sold by the supermarkets and we don't get that advice anymore. So that's why I turned to social media and, and I hope people have loved the videos and informative education content that I create. I think definitely. I find the, some of the supermarket fruit, uh, it's lacking the flavour um, that it used to. Is that my imagination or is it just as we get older, we lose our taste buds or something? I just feel like it hasn't got that punch that it used to have when I was a kid. Yeah, look, it's, it's not a straightforward answer. It's quite complex. What I can say is that produce is graded 
for aesthetic appeal first and then shelf life second. Right. Now, within that display of, you know, pretty looking fruit or beautifully looking fruit, there are fruits that are ripe off the tree and there are fruits or, or the vine and there are fruits that are picked early and ripened after. So knowing how to discern which ones taste better within that display is what I try to teach. And so within my book, I go through 50 different fruits and vegetables, like for instance, how to pick a mature ripened um, mango or a nectarine, one that has flavor and tang and isn't rubbery, or you know, even the classic tomato where you know, the, the, the tomatoes of old, well, yeah, I wouldn't say old, but of new, really. Mm. Like, most people talk about how tomatoes don't taste like they used to, and they don't have that flavour, and, you know, they, they turn to the heirloom tomatoes. But mine goes through very detailed, in a scientific way, but then in a very, you know, layman's terms, how to pick one that not only tastes good, it smells good, and you're not using just your eyes, you're using all your senses to try and pick the best of the bunch. Tan, uh, I uh, had a friend staying with me uh, a few weeks ago, and I said, can you go and get me some tomatoes, please? And uh, while you're at the supermarket, <laughs> and he came back with tomatoes, and then put them in the fridge, and I, my eyes, oh, it, was no. like, it was like the scene out of Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> with the sound, like, oh my goodness, don't put them in the fridge. That's one of the worst things you can do, isn't it? That is. And, and in like my introduction to my book, but one thing that I've been a bit um, polarizing about is I talk about not using a fruit bowl oh. and using a fruit plate. And the reason is because the fruit bowl is conjuring up a whole bunch of ethylene. And so that's why everything ripens so quickly. Oh. And then you end up having fruits that, you know, may be actually really good. But because you've got a, you know, a, a dark banana in there or, you know, a pear that's starting to ooze a bit of juice, it's basically ripening everything, including any tomatoes you might have in there, which you should store tomatoes on a plate outside at ambient temperature rather than in the fridge. Um, oh. because they are ripening fruits that will continue to ripen. And if you slow them down, well, they kind of lose a bit of that edge, that tanginess, and then when you pull them out, they basically they basically go off within hours. We're chatting with Tan Trong, the uh, fruit nerd, about his new book, Don't Buy Fruit and Veg Without Me. I swear <laughs> I need you to come shopping with me. So the, the fruit bowl itself, which I tend to have because I feel like you know, even if I'm not eating them, visually I feel a bit better because I know my kitchen is stacked with fruit and, fruit and vegetables. That's the mm -hmm. wrong thing to do, so don't have a fruit bowl. Well, we've, fruit bowls have been around since read the Renaissance period, or even mm. before then. And we live in the 21st century. <laughs> we've got <laughs> fridges. We've got plenty of space to display things. Now, I understand, and I have kids myself, I want them to just be able to pick mm. an apple or a banana whenever they feel like having one. But you and everybody who I've told this trick, trick, trick and hack to have all said they're never going back. And that is, if you've just got two plates, you can fit probably the same amount as one fruit bowl. Mm -hmm. But if you just separate them about half a metre away, or even, you know, if you've got enough space on your bench top, like a metre away, just two ends, your bananas won't last two days. They'll last five to six days. Oh, really? And your pears, they might, they might, be, they might be good for two to three weeks. And the other thing is, my book goes through 
teaching you what not to put in in that old tr- traditional fruit bowl, which is apples, because we love crunchy apples, and we don't want the apples to lose its texture, mm. get a soft bite, and then get a bit rubbery on the skin. Mm. But then also, like you know, you don't have that kind of crunch that we love and the juice. So the juice. if you leave them in the fridge, and growers have done so much to keep apples in great condition for us to eat, for us to leave it in a fruit bowl and for it to go pretty much texturally suboptimal within a few days. So there's plenty that we can do and I do suggest having a fruit plate because it prevents the build-up of ethylene and basically the the speed up or the exponential speed up of our fruits getting ripe and then turning off. So we want to reduce the ethylene. So we just have one fruit on each plate. Well, that's one what time. I do. But I mean, like sometimes you just have two, you know, like it, it, there's no hard and fast rule to it. Tan, um, one of my favourite uh, fruits is, you know, the custard apple. And I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. And someone taught me that the best thing to do is buy it when, uh, you know, it's almost like oozing a little bit um, and it's ripe. Is that the correct way to look at them? Well, um, not necessarily, and I think people do that, especially here in Melbourne, um, because it is quite cold, so it is Mm. hard to ripen up your fruits. Um, And the thing with custard apples is if they aren't ripened before you purchase them, then they could take you know, three or four or five days. And the other thing is that custard apples are generally, well, they are only seasonally available during winter when mm. it is quite cold here. So unless you have a quite a warm home, you know, you've got like big windows with nice, nice natural northern facing sunlight or whatever, it's hard to ripen your custard apples, but you don't have to. If you do purchase them a little bit firm or pretty much hard, they will ripen in a few days, but you do need to have a warmer room. And again, you know, you can use that tip where... You know, if you have a really ripe pear or banana, it will set off the custard apple if you just put it right next to it. And obviously, if you put it in a paper bag, it'll probably triple the speed because basically you've trapped that ethylene. Now, there is a science to ripening fruits. Mm -hmm. And for most fruits, the core temperature of the fruit needs to be most likely above 18 degrees. And if you think about a, a winter in Melbourne, it sometimes the ambient temperature is 15. So you need to get it above 18 oh. before it actually starts ripening. Have you noticed uh, over the past, you know, I suppose 20 years or so, a, a real explosion of different types of fruits that are making it to the market here in Melbourne? Absolutely. I mean, we like, you know, we only need to ask our parents of old and they'd probably be like, well, you know, they never really had berries all year round. They never mm. had blueberries all year round, that's for sure. And now we've got this explosion of, you know, raspberries, blueberries and all all, all over the, across the year. And then, you know, the addition of, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the more interesting ones. But of course, you know, but also there are a lot of things that have come out of fashion um, in replace of that, like a lot of heirloom type apples, you know, there, there are, there's only one green apple left, which is the Granny Smith. Um, and there used to be many more back in the day. So, but I think it's, I think we're basically how the industry is moving is most fruits are turning into snacking fruit, uh, which are basically sweet, easy, convenient. You think about the banana, the apple, we've got berries that are punted it already. Mm. You think about how oranges, we probably eat them less now and we eat more mandarins because of the convenience factor. Yes. Um, and so things like quinces and, you know, um, you know, maybe some heirloom pears and, and things that, you know, we often cook with or associate with cooking, like green apples, they're kind of going out of fashion. So, um, yeah, there's definitely, it, it's a chain, we're constantly changing, but, you know, I think it's that analogy of, uh, jumping to a hot pot of boiling water where, you know, 
we don't notice the change because we're just slowly boiling in it. We haven't just jumped into it. I'm sure if somebody had a time machine and would jump 20 years ago, they'd be like, well, well what's all this fruit that's around? <laughs> it's interesting because my grandmother used to love quinters and I, I never liked them. I just tend to associate it as being an old person's fruit. And then I had one and I thought, it's so yummy, really delicious mm. fruit. And we are missing out on that. We are. We, well, I wouldn't say we're missing out as such. I, I do say that there are still some quinces around, but, you know, the, the art, the skill, the knowledge, the cultural, um, you know, nuance of uh, what it meant to the, to the people in the past, it has gone. But we are constantly changing and, you know, we're building our own culture and way that we eat our fruits and veg today. But, you know, I do reflect on how the industry has changed over the years and the one thing that the two things that i feel i guess um that i'm disappointed with is we've lost this romantic sense of seasonality Mm. because we basically can grow everything around australia and um and so we basically have you know mangoes these days are available for more than half the year so it's not really like saying mangoes are in season it's more like when are mangoes out of season because they're in season more than they are out of season and so one of those one of the uh that is one thing that I am disappointed with to a certain extent, but you know, it's just because restaurants want it on their menus all year round and consumers want to have, you know, um, apples or to cook an apple pie all year round. And and that's totally fine. Um, The other thing I would say is that we've lost our ability and uh, the craft to use all of our senses when we're at the fruit and veg store. So we we, we get, you know, we don't smell the peaches we just look how pretty the skin is. But by smelling a peach, if it's, if it's got a nice perfume, if it's sweet on the skin, then inside it's going to be sweet to eat. But instead, we visually look for ones that don't have marks, we pick them, and then we bite into them when we get home and they might be rubbery or they might not have good flavour. And that's because we haven't used our senses. You know, people tap watermelons, but they don't know what for. And, you know, my book goes through this whole lengthy explanation which in basically two words is if you tap it and it makes a, you know, a thud noise, it might have a crack in it. And that's completely logical. Or if it's been dropped and it's bruised, then it absorbs that sound. Very, very logical tips. Um, so, you know, if we use our senses of hearing, of smell, of touch, like feeling how heavy or weighty a mandarin is, then we won't have a dry mandarin experience because a heavy one is full of juice. So touch, smell, um, uh, touch, smell, your visual, uh, you know, um, inspection of fruit to see where fruit might be mature on the tree. Um, you know, we've lost that craft. And so I hope to bring that back through, you know, my work, whether it's online or whether it's through my book. Don't buy fruit and veg without me. Oh, I know. That's what I've tell you what, it's got, it's got all the tips and tricks in there. I'm certainly learning a lot uh, about the next best thing to having you come and shopping with me, Tom. <laughs> Thanks. I hope everybody has a very, very fruitful Christmas. And, you know, like, uh, I, I just, I just, the thing that I, I always reflect on is that everybody has had a really amazing fruit experience once in their life, whether yes. that's the apricot in their nonna's tree or, oh. you know, a really juicy mango that has almost suffocated them when they've brought them home in the car or, but getting that experience again, that's the challenge. 
that's the that's the desire and that's what i hope that's what i hope to give people the skills so they can search for that experience again or even a better experience and when they do that they remember why it was good because they had used the skills to pick a really mature juicy aromatic fruit not just by chance and so i just hope that you know people eat with um because i believe that good food starts with good produce i just hope people buy good produce every time i'm sure we will <laughs> and so same with you <laughs> <laughs> the book is called don't buy fruit and veg without me tan trong thank you so much for joining us on drive today my pleasure have a great afternoon and merry christmas merry christmas you're on joy drive Joy Drive on Joy 94.9 FM in Melbourne, Joy on your digital radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com or the Joy app, no matter where you are. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.